0: amen amen before we get started can you guys just show this worship team a little bit of love and appreciation wow you guys you guys are blessed i'm telling you uh fantastic anybody come to church looking for a word from the lord today anybody okay all right now, the word on the street is that, that the 10 o'clock service is the rowdy crowd, all right? And so I love that, right? Because if you want to get fed, you got to open your mouth, right? So feel free, feel free to shout me down and say amen and, and make weird noises. Uh, but <laughs> my heart today is just to, to encourage you. Um, I know that, that some of you, whether, whether you're watching online or at the Fredericksburg campus or here in the room, I know that some of us are walking through tough things. Maybe you're a little frustrated with your situation. Maybe you have some circumstances in your life that you just have questions about. In my heart today, I believe that God has brought me here uh, to give you some encouragement this morning and to, to allow God's word to, to change us. How many of you believe that God's word has the power to do that, to change our lives, literally change our lives? Amen. So uh, I want to pray as we get started. Uh, before I pray, does everybody like who you're sitting next to? Everybody good? Everybody good? It would be weird if somebody got up right now, right? But uh, let's pray for a moment, and then we'll jump into God's Word. Father, we love you, and we're so thankful that, God, that you are Jaira, that, that we can trust you, that no matter what life throws our way, we can have confidence, God, that we can have trust and faith and hope and courage, Lord, that no matter what we're walking through, I pray for the, for the couple that is sitting here this morning, that is listening this morning, that is struggling. I pray for the, for the individual that's here and that is battling sin, that is battling just tough, tough season of life. God, would you use your word and reign your presence and your Holy Spirit in this place to, to speak to our hearts, to lift our, to lift our hearts to you. In Jesus' name, amen. So as, as Jason mentioned, um, I have three daughters and I'm straight up girl dad, a lot of pink and purple in my life. Um, love, love, love being a dad. It is the joy of my life. I would ask you guys to pray for me. We made a really bad decision. Um, w- about three or four days ago, we sold and closed on our house and we don't uh, get into our, our new house for 30 days. And so we decided, hey, let's get a hotel room. And so I'm living in a hotel room with four girls in one bathroom, and it's crazy. I'm not going to lie. And so I'm thankful to be here with you guys today. (laughs) That's so bad. I hope they're not listening. No, you know, being, seriously, being a dad is a joy, and if you're a parent here, you get that. And and my girls are 13, 12, and 9, and so we're just getting into the great stage of life. Um, but I, I look back, and I remember, um, if you're a parent, you remember just as your kids are growing up, they just say the funniest, the cutest little things, and, and some of you can remember um, I, a couple of... Uh, <laughs> couple of things that my daughters did. One time we were trying to get our our middle daughter, who's just super shy, and we were trying to get her to do something in front of people, and she wouldn't do it. And she came over, and I'm, I'm like, Sissy, why won't you do this? And she's like, Dad, I'm just too bashable. I'm just so bashable. I don't know. I can't do it. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, bashful. I, you know, just, just cute. You know, you're like, you're the cutest kid ever. Like, you you win. Um, we we My wife and I, we love to have competitions, and we love to play with our girls. And so um, every year we have a baking contest, right? And so we go out, and sometimes it's desserts, and sometimes it's, you know, just food. And, and we just have a big time, and we split up. And a few years ago, or the first year we did this, uh, we did desserts, right? And we're all making our desserts, and, and we had some neighbors come over, and they were the judges, and we're all, you know, like, we're going to beat you. And, and one of my daughters, our smallest one, Marley, she says, Dad, this is so fun, but, but where's the bacon? I was like, what? She said, we're having a bacon contest. Where's the bacon? <laughs> I was like, no, baby, I'm just from Kentucky and I don't know how to talk. Like, it's baking, baking contest. <laughs> uh, it, it, you know, kids just say the funniest things. A few years ago, um, for Christmas, we did the whole, uh, we gave all of our girls a, a Disney T-shirt and they opened up the gifts and we're like, we're going to Disney, you know, like, yeah, they're screaming and putting on their shirts and, and getting excited about, about going to Disney. And, and then a few days later, we were putting the girls to bed and, and my daughter, um, she goes, hey, Dad, how many more sleeps until we get to go to Disney? And I had never heard that. And I was like, what do you, how many more sleeps? What do you mean? She's like, well, you know, how, how many more sleeps? How many times do I have to go to sleep before I get to go to Disney? And, you know, what she was really asking is, Dad, I know you promised us we can go to Disney, but when do I get to get the promise? When do I get to receive what you said I could have? And it was in that moment as a, as a pastor, you know, we take everything in those moments and we, we turn them into sermons. It was in that moment that God just whispered, that's a question that so many people are asking me. God, I, I hear your promises. I know, what you, I know what your word says. But God, how many more sleeps until I get to see it? God, how many more sleeps until, you know, God... I'm, I'm, I'm with you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay on here, but how much longer is this gonna last before I really get to receive what you're saying? And the truth of the matter is, all over this room and online and, and in other campuses, there's, there's promises that are unfulfilled in your life, in the, in the life of God's people. There's promises that, are, that you just haven't been able to possess yet, and you're asking, God, how many more sleeps? God, how much longer until I get to see what you're saying? And so today, I want to I give us three real practical steps that I believe we can find out of God's Word that if we're in a season of, of wondering, of waiting, of, of, of listening for God, I think God's Word gives us three beautiful, beautiful practical steps that we can take when we have that time of life. If you have your Bible, uh, turn to the book of Habakkuk. Not a not a very uh, popular uh, book of the Bible. Not one that gets preached out of a lot. Um, do you got y'all? Everybody got your Bible? You got, hold your Bible up if you got it. All right, because I'm going to judge you if you don't. All right, it's a Christian judge, but you know, <laughs> it's okay if it's on your phone. That's fine. Um, this this will be on the screen. Habakkuk is a is a is a very unique book of the Bible it's it's one we consider a minor prophet but most prophets in the Bible um, they speak to people on behalf of God God speaks to them they speak to people but Habakkuk this is such a unique book Habakkuk is speaking to God on behalf of the people and so it's a, it's a really, really uh, cool and, and just very practical story here that we're going to jump into. And, and we're going to see that, that you and I can probably relate a lot with Habakkuk because he, he struggled with understanding what God was doing. He really struggled with God's actions and, and okay, God, I, I hear you, but, but what about this? And so we're going to jump into that today and we're going look to at, look at these three steps that we can take in our lives when we're asking God, God, how many sleeps? Let's look at the first uh, four verses. The pronouncement of the prophet Habakkuk saw How long, Lord, must I call for help and you do not listen? Or cry out to you about violence and you do not save? Why do you force me to look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Oppression and violence are right in front of me. Strife is ongoing and conflict escalates. This is why the law is ineffective and justice never emerges. For the wicked restrict the righteous, therefore, justice comes out perverted. So, right here at the beginning of the book, he's questioning God What are you doing? How long do I have to wait? I'm discouraged, I'm frustrated, I don't see this is impossible I'm growing weary and God I'm crying out to you because what I see is crazy and and again the context of this story the, the, the people of Judah were wicked wicked people and and they were they were uh, you know destroying the good people if you will and and Habakkuk is just like God I don't understand why are you allowing this to happen then verse 5 God gives him an answer He says, look at the nations. Observe, be utterly astounded, for I'm doing something in your days that you will not believe when you hear about it. Verse six, look, I am raising up the Chaldeans, that bitter, impetuous nation that marches across the earth's open spaces to seize territories not in its own, they are fierce and terrifying. Their views of justice and sovereignty stem from themselves. So God given him this answers and he's telling him what he's doing. But I want you to notice, look at, look at the first word of verse five, first word of verse six. He says, look, look at the nations. Look, I'm raising up the Chaldeans. He says, listen to me, Habakkuk, I'm working. And just because you don't see it doesn't mean it's not happening. Just because you don't understand it doesn't mean I'm not working. You see, what God was doing to, to, to conquer the people of Judah, to, to give them their justice, he was using another evil people, the Babylonians, to come and conquer them. And Habakkuk just couldn't understand, well, why would you bless the Babylonians? They're just as bad. Why are you gonna let them go conquer? And, but Jesus, or, or, or God says, look, Habakkuk, look. So, verse 12, Habakkuk has a response. He says, are you not from eternity, Lord my God, my Holy One? You will not die, Lord. You appointed them to execute judgment, my rock. You destined them to punish us. Your eyes are too pure to look on evil, and you cannot tolerate wrongdoing, so why do you tolerate those who are doing treacherous things? Why are you silent while one who is wicked swallows up one who is more righteous than himself? You made mankind like the fish of the sea, like marine creatures have no ruler. The Chaldeans pull them all up with a hook, catch them in their dragnet, gather them in their fishing net. This is why they are glad and rejoice. That is why they sacrifice through their dragnet or burn incense in their fishing net. For by these things, their portion is rich and their food plentiful. Will they therefore empty their net and continually slaughtering nations without mercy. So he goes right back to questioning God. So he had all these questions, God, I don't see it, God, I don't understand it. God gives him an answer, but then he goes right back to questioning God, what are you doing? I didn't like that answer, God. Give me, give me a different answer. Help me to understand what are you doing? Why would you allow this to happen? And then something changes. Look at chapter two. Look at the first two verses here. Something changes in Habakkuk. He says, I will stand at my guard post and station myself on the lookout tower. I will watch to see what he will say to me and what I should reply about my complaint. You see, Habakkuk changed his position and it changed his perspective. So number one, you and I, when we get in these times of life, when we're asking God how many more sleeps, number one, we gotta refocus our perspective. You see, Habakkuk was focused on the problem, not on the Savior. He was, he was focused on, here's the issue, here's what's going on, instead of being focused on God. And from his perspective. It looked like God wasn't being fair. It looked like God didn't care. It looked like God wasn't doing his job. But then he changed his perspective. He changed the way he began to view things. He says, I'll stand at my guard post and I will look for God. You see, when you and I are in that place of waiting, when we're in that place of not understanding, we gotta, we gotta recalibrate. We gotta refocus our perspective and get a better understanding. See, he went to his lookout to get his eyes on the Lord. And where you position yourself in life determines what you can see. Let, let me say that again. I want, you to, I want you to really grab a hold of that. Where you position yourself in life determines what you can see. And, and, and what you see is determined by where you go. And, and as parents, we, we talk about this a lot to our kids. It's determined by what? Who you hang out with, right? We hang out with, with people that are full of joy and full of, full of hope and, 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 and giving God praise and giving God glory, man, that's gonna rub off on us. But what about the, the, the vampires and the pirates in our life, right? The people who just suck the life out of you. The people that just steal your joy. Those are the people that, that it's really difficult for me to refocus my perspective if that's who's in my life. You say, well, well, Bobby, okay, I get it. You know, change my perspective, you know, get, get in a place. And, and I'm at church, right? I'm at church. I'm, I'm, I'm striving to, to see God. I'm striving to, to, to get this better perspective. And, and church absolutely should lift your perspective. It should help us to see over our problems and know that we serve a God and encourage us that, that he can handle our situation. But, but what do you do when the, when the preacher preaches on joy, but you still go home depressed? What do you do when when, when there's a great message on blessing and and peace and happiness, but your home is is full of of turmoil and and fussing and cussing and eye-rolling teenagers? Like, what what do I do in that time? You see, I believe that the enemy loves to use our problems to block our perspective. He loves to put stuff in our past so that we can't change our perspective, so that we can't look and see that, that God is in control. And so often in our lives, there's a, there is a problem standing in between God's promise and my possession. And we gotta be able to understand what, that, uh, what our perspective needs to be. You see, Habakkuk was focused on the problems and how impossible they seemed. And I heard a pastor say one time, impossible situations are not intimidating to God. Habakkuk's looking and he's like, I just don't understand how you're going to fix this. And maybe that's you this morning. I just don't understand how this is going to work out in a good way. Impossible possible situations are not intimidating to my God. And whatever it is you're walking through today, we need to understand that I got to get the right Perspective. The enemy wants you to, to feel desperate and he, he wants to put up walls in your life so that it will change your perspective but no matter what it is, it's not a sign that you're never gonna experience God's promise. Beautiful, beautiful psalm that, that if you've grown up in church, you've heard a thousand times, Psalm 121, I lift my eyes to the mountains. Where will my help come from? My help comes from the lord the maker of heaven and earth i refocus my perspective i get my eyes on jesus in those times when we're questioning god and we're wondering god how many more sleeps is this going to take number 1 i got to refocus my perspective number 2 number 2 i got to recognize my process recognize Your process. Look at verses two and three. So Habakkuk's been complaining. God answers. He complains some more. He changes his position. He stands. He's looking for God. And then we see in verse two and three, God gives an answer. He said, the Lord answered me. This is what God said. Write down this vision. Clearly inscribe it on the tablet so one may easily read it. For the vision is yet for the appointed time. It testifies about the end and it will not lie. Though it delays, wait for it, since it will certainly come and not be late. God says, "Write this down so that everybody else can read it too." It might take a while, but wait, it's gonna come. It will not delay. You and I, no matter any time in our life, we're walking through hard stuff, and the seasons of life just hit us, and we're we're trying to figure out how to surf those seasons. We have to understand that it's a process. God has us in a process and there's times when we just have to wait. So often in our lives, we go through these processes to get to the place where God wants us to be. And I believe this with all of my heart. We, we get to these places, we go through this and we need to recognize uh, th- that old church saying that, that God has to prepare me for what he has prepared for me. And that's a process And for some of us like me, it takes a little bit longer because I'm stubborn and I struggle with listening and I I talk back like Habakkuk does. But all of us have to understand that we go through a process. Go Go throughout scripture, right? Remember all the stories? Noah waited 120 years until it began to rain. It was a process to get to the promise that God gave. Moses, Moses, 40 years in the desert before the promise of deliverance came. Joseph spent several years in prison before he became the ruler of Egypt. David waited until the death of King Saul. Abraham waited 99 years before the promises of, of his son Isaac came. It's a process. And, and what we have to, to, to be confident in is God's delay is not God's denial. And maybe that's where you sit right now. You're just in this, in this season of delay. You're in this season of God. How many more sleeps is this gonna take before this, before this happens? I gotta realize that God's delay is not God's denial. So Habakkuk, again, doesn't recognize the process. And so verses four through 20, God uh, begins to explain what he's doing and he, he's trying to break it down for Habakkuk to, to really understand. And the truth is, in our lives, it's not always obvious, is it? Our progress, am I growing? Am I, am I, am I, am I you know, strengthening my relationship? Am I growing my marriage? Am I growing my kids? Am I helping anything? It's not always obvious. God, I'm I'm raising my kids and I'm working on my prayer life and I'm working on my marriage and I'm trying to get my finances in order, but God, I just don't see it. I don't mind walking, but I just need to know how long this is going to take. But Paul gives us this this great truth and he he says, walk by faith, not by sight. God, I'm trying, but I just don't see it. Walk by faith. Not by what you see, God I, I want to work really hard, but I just don 't you and I have to get to that place where we we, we recognize this process and we we believe that that it 's working even if i don 't see it doesn 't mean that your faith isn 't working if you if you don 't see it, and maybe today that 's where you find yourself and and I believe with all of my heart that that God brought me here from South Carolina for you to hear this. Keep showing up. Keep working. Keep fighting for your marriage. Don't give up. Keep walking. Keep going to counseling. Keep keep praying for your kids. Don't, Don't stop. Just because you don't see it, don't stop. And, 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 and we're not just sitting still, right? We're not just sitting still waiting on God to throw something at us from heaven and, and that's where we get our uh, understanding. That, that We don't just sit back passively. Isaiah says what? He says, while you wait, you mount up, you run, you walk, you, you, you renew your strength. It's a process for all of us. Wouldn't it be a shame that you were this close to victory, but you decided to stop. How we respond in the waiting, how we respond in the times of, of asking God those tough questions determines where we'll go. We gotta recognize our process. And number three, number three, we gotta renew our praise. We renew our praise. The whole tune of this book Changes in chapter three. Habakkuk begins to just give God this prayer, give God so much praise. He changes his tune. His praise is renewed. He, he seeks mercy. And he says, you know what, God? I'm just gonna give you this praise. I'm gonna stand in all of you. I'm gonna worship you in the middle of this storm. I'm gonna worship you in the middle of this struggle that I'm walking through. And, 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 you know, you're at church today and you're wondering, how much longer do I have to walk? How much longer do I have to eat better only to put on more weight? How many more nights do I have to be single? I go to bed by myself. I want to stay pure, but how much longer, God? I keep hearing, I read in your word, God, that, that train up a child in the way they should go, but I'm about to kill that kid. How much longer, how much longer, God, am I going to have to do this? God, when are you gonna show up? I need a little motivation here, God. I need a little encouragement in my life. And so often in our times when we, when we just get these, these negative, this, this false narrative, these false fiery darts that the enemy's throwing at us, we have to combat that with God's truth. We can't combat it with our feelings or our circumstances. We combat it with God's truth. And and here's the truth for somebody today. Hebrews chapter 10. Write this down. Remember this. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what He has promised. That's our confidence. That's how I know, God, even when I don't see it, I can have confidence that you're gonna do it. Even when I don't understand it, and God says, I need you to know that once you get into your promise, who brought you there? I need you to recognize that it wasn't by your will, but it was by mine. And how do we do that? We renew our praise. Listen to me, church. I believe this with all of my heart. Praise will lift your perspective. When I begin to praise God, when I, give, when I begin to glorify God, when I begin to celebrate the goodness of my God, it helps me lift my perspective close out this chapter look at verses 17 and 18 as Habakkuk is expressing his confidence in God, he's, he's praising God and, and I want you to hear this though the fig tree does not bud And there is no fruit on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no fruit, though the flocks disappear from the pen and there are no herds in the stalls. Verse 18, yet I will celebrate in the Lord. I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. No matter what. I'm going to give you my praise, God, no matter what happens in my life. Verse 19, the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like those of a deer and enables me to walk on mountain high. That's the God we serve, church, that when we're in the midst of our struggle, when we're in the midst of God, how many more sleeps is this going to take? That we have a God that no matter what we're walking through, that we can rejoice that he has the power over it all and what i need to do is i need to understand that my joy is in the source not in my circumstance it's in the source not in the circumstance another version of the bible in the nasb verse 18 it says "Yet yeah, i will celebrate in the lord i will exalt It uses the word exalt in the the Hebrew word there. It means to visibly show your, regardless of how bad your circumstances are, I'm going to give God my praise. I'm going to use my life to exalt Him. People see it on your face. They hear it in your words. They see it on your social media. I'm going to exalt Him no matter what. For many of us, you've been a, a follower of Christ for a long time. When we start out passionate, we, wanna, we want people to experience Jesus. We, 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 you know, we're just passionate, we love the Lord, but then something happens and we begin to fade and slow down. We grow weary of the struggle. We begin to simply survive instead of thrive that's exactly the time that we need to renew our praise. And maybe that's where you find yourself today. The reality is there's some struggle in your life. Maybe no one knows about it. Maybe it's between you and the Lord. But if you're missing the presence of God in your life, start praising Him. Start praising Him. I wanna ask you this morning, if you would, just bow your heads, close your eyes. Maybe today you find yourself in a season of life that (laughs) could just be defined as a struggle. Maybe it's because of a choice you've made, or maybe because of a choice someone you love made. Whatever it is, there's struggle. I wanna encourage you this morning, as you walk out of this place, refocus your perspective. Keep your eyes on Jesus. God is in charge of the outcome I'm in charge of obedience. God, teach me to be obedient. Help me to be courageous in my obedience to you. Recognize you're in a process. So to Habakkuk, wait for it. It might be a minute, but wait for it, it's gonna happen. And let's renew our praise. If you're here today and you've never asked Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of your life, can I just encourage you? It's the best decision you'll ever make. And maybe God's speaking to your heart this morning about taking that step. And here in a moment, we'll have some folks down front just to take God's word and and talk with you, share with you, pray with you to, to you to be able to walk out of here and know without any doubt that Jesus is Lord of your life. Maybe. Maybe you're in a season of struggle and you just need to get on your face before God. I want to invite you to come forward. Talk to one of these counselors. Get on your face before God right here at this altar. There's nothing special about this carpet and this stage, but there's something really special about being obedient and calling out to your Lord and Savior. Our worship team is going to lead us in a time where we can renew our praise right now and we can give God that glory that he so deserves. Father, again, we're thankful for who you are and for what you do. We're thankful for your word. I pray for the the couple that's hanging on by a thread. They will keep fighting. Lord, would you give them hope today? I pray for the young man who's struggling. He needs you today, Lord. Send your Holy Spirit down upon him. I pray for the young lady who's battling today. God, help her to refocus that perspective on you. Help us all to renew our praise, God. Not to just go through the motions, not to just allow our faith to become just uh, an old hat. God, I pray that it would be fresh, it would be new, and I pray that your presence would be so real in our hearts and our lives that people around us would notice. And Jesus, help us to be obedient to your calling today. It's in your precious and holy name we pray, amen.